shotglassdigital.com. Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Again, everyone, and welcome to Rock Out Loud. This is the party bus of the Goliverse. I'm so glad to be along with you. My name is Steve Glosson, and with me, as always, on this uh, magic carpet ride of rock and roll is uh, everyone's favorite rocker chick, Kristen from Jersey. What's up, Kristen? What up, everybody? Someone needs to make a uh, an ins- or a picture of us as um, Aladdin and Jasmine now. <laughs> <laughs> but rock and roll style, like with a with a with electric guitars and and lightning a backup drummer and throwing horns. Oh yes! Just oh my gosh, lightning! There it is. That's all we need. Just lightning and yeah, <laughs> holding up the horns, throwing the rock sign, all that good stuff. Um, so how's it going? Things are going pretty good. It's like 50 degrees here right now, and I have the windows open, and it's beautiful. And I'm seeing Def Leppard in two weeks, and I'm so excited. I saw Def Leppard this past week. I know. <laughs> two nights ago, in fact. So it's fresh in your memory. It I is, can't wait to hear all about it, is, it. It is quite fresh. Now, you asked, you're, are you, you asked me this question the other day. Mm-hmm. Are you a set list looker before you go, or? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Big time. See, I'm not really, but all of a sudden, uh, my friend Coach, who went with me, he and his wife, um, we get in the car, and he's like, all right, here's the set list that they did on their last show. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're just going to do this now. I thought you were going to be like, no, do not. <laughs> no, I let him, I let him, I let him do it. I let him, I let it roll. So, uh, but, and so he starts going down, and it was funny, because with the Kiss stuff, um, he hit one. He's like, lick it up. Won't get fooled again, Bridge. I'm like, um, what was that Is now? That what? <laughs> and he's like, lick it up. Won't get fooled again, Bridge. I'm like, do you think that's the whole song? He's like, <laughs> I said, you think that's the song title? He's like, well, what is it? I'm like, I said, the song is Lick It Up. And obviously they're doing a bridge in the middle where they're going to do a quick cover of Who's Don't, Won't Get Fooled Again. He's like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. That would be a good song title, though. Yeah, yeah, it would be a long song title. It, it's more like the. Uh, it, to, it sounds more like a, a long essay about something than a. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Steel Panther song. Okay, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, he hits one on the case like "Hotter Than Hell," Gene breathes fire. I'm like, that's not a whole song title, Coach. <laughs> and you don't even like Kiss that much. I know. I'm just like that's. I said they're saying that Gene Simmons breathes fire. That I said you've seen the you've seen the videos and such as, and he's like, yeah, I'm like <laughs> all right. So, um, but yeah, we rode up to Atlanta, three and a half hour drive, and uh, hit up the Aaron's Amphitheater in Lakewood, Georgia, uh, for Def Leppard and Kiss live in concert. And now, Kristen, we talked about it many times on the show. I'm not 
a big concert goer. I don't go to a lot. I'm just nowhere near anywhere. I mean, that's an almost four-hour drive to get up that way. Yeah, that's Atlanta. horrible. Uh, if a if a group's down in Jacksonville, it's you know right at three hours. If and very seldom does anyone come to Savannah because there's just nowhere for you know uh, there's no arena or, or anything for people to play in Savannah. Um, though Savannah would be a great town to have something like that in. But anyhow, I digress. So we ride up, you know, and I've got Def Leppard playing because I don't have a lot of Kiss. I I just don't. Um, for whatever reason, we talked about it on a, on a previous episode, I think, or maybe on the Big Hogan Show the other night, that I just don't yeah. have a lot of Kiss in my arsenal of music. And so, but I had Def Leppard queued up, you know, and uh, because I was trying, because Coach's wife, not very familiar with any of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, very interesting situation. She knows poor, she knows the words in the song, pour some sugar on me. And that's, and that's as it. much as she knows of pour some sugar on me. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, just, I mean, she's a cheerleading coach. So, you know, she listens to a lot of, you know, she doesn't listen to that, but they also have kids. And so there's a lot of, you know, pop music going on, top 20 kind of stuff happening around their house. And, and so she's just not well versed in this stuff. In fact, when we came away from the concert, she was like, so you knew every song that Def Leppard played. Yes. And I'm like, pretty much, yeah. I'm a little bit of a fan. She's now, like, did she like it? Did she have a good time? She, yeah, yeah, she did. She, she, I, we all were in agreement that the that the the Def Leppard was the better show of the two. Okay. Um, the Kiss was the better spectacle of the two. Yep. Um, there was a band that opened for him called uh, the Cobra and the Lotus, or Cobra and the Lotus, and uh, with a female lead who they were good i mean they had a very very much um their sound is their sound is very 80s um okay very 80s with kind of kind of a punk but i don't it was almost her voice is almost a parody of every 80s vocalist from a from a metal band I love it. <laughs> it was it was really interesting. Like I was just like I don't know that I like this because like I was so we were we were on the lawn and so and they didn't have the cameras on this group at the time. And so it looked like a long-haired dude down there, you know, jamming out and then she would speak and I'm like, "Is this a is this a guy or a girl?" <laughs> because it sounded like a dude when she sang, you know, a dude doing like the all, all the goozles up stuff and everything. So there we are on the lawn and um you know, we're looking around, and, and I'm seeing a lot of faux pas go down, Chris, and there's a lot of Def Leppard shirts around. Yeah, and that, it's not okay. And I, and I kept, and I explained to, and I explained to Coach and his wife, I'm like, it's not cool. It's not cool that these people are wearing these shirts. And they're like, well, what about the Kiss folks? I'm like, well, Kiss is a different thing. You know, I, I gave the Kiss people a pass because I feel like, you know, there were a lot of people in makeup, lot, and I feel like, you know, that's kind of the Kiss experience. Yes, you know. So I'm is. like, I'm like, these folks get a pass. A lot of kids dressed up, kiss wise. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of lot of wigs, um, and uh, and just a, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a weird, interesting mix of people. It really now, what, was. What makeup did you see the most of? What member? Um, I saw a lot of Paul, a lot of star over the eye. Okay. Um, mostly Paul and Gene, though. Mostly Demon and and the Star. There was one. I saw one cat. I was, love the cat. Yeah, and that was that was that was kind of it. But um, a lot of the wigs were Gene wigs. Okay. So, 
But we, so we're there, and and I'm noticing just the wide array of people, and I can tell who's there for what just from, you know, looking at them. Of course, I'm a very judgmental person, and this is a there's a few things you're going to find out about me as I as I tell you about this experience. One, I'm very judgmental. Okay. Judgmental may be the wrong word. I size people up within about 30 seconds of seeing them. All right. You know, I, I, and unfortunately, nine times out of 10, I'm right. It's my superpower, you know? And then, uh, there, so, so I'm looking at these people, and you've got your older people there, you know, that have been around for a while. And you could just tell these, most of the older people were KISS fans. Yes. Um, you know, and they might have a kid or even in some instances a grandkid with them. Well, you had them and and you could tell some of them were even like 70s rocker holdouts. Like they just weren't going to let it die in their lives. Like the the clothes were worn enough and looked comfortable enough on them that you know this isn't something they just put on for the show. I love it. That this is this is how they dress in real life. Beyond the beyond the bounds of the amphitheater. Um, and, and then there's also these, these younger folks that are probably mm, my age or so, you know, and I just knew those were the Def Leppard people, even without their shirts on, you know, people that didn't have necessarily weren't rocking the Def Leppard shirts. I'm like, these people are here for Def Leppard. And then you had these frat girls, (laughs) you know, and frat guys, like you could tell. I'm like, they're here for Def Leppard. They have no idea what's about to happen in a KISS concert. They have no idea. They're here for one reason and one reason only. Pour some sugar on me. Yeah, buddy. You know, that's why they're here. That's the song. So we find a place on the lawn. And I actually, the way this amphitheater works, you know, like most do with the lawn. And it goes up a hill there. And and toward the back, it goes up a little steeper. And there's a wall. Yep. And uh, I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, the place to sit is going to be against the wall. You're dang right you know, it is, Steve. D- dead center on the wall. And they're like, why is that? I'm like, well, for several reasons. One, we're going to have the best view over everybody. Two, uh, the sound will come right at us and, and hit us just right. And they're like, do you really want to walk way up there, though? I'm like, obviously, you guys do not. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess I don't. <laughs> so, so I'm immediately, so I'm like, well, let's find us a place, you know, where we want to sit. So we kind of sit over to stage right, not not dead stage right, but kind of stage right. And this thing, this amphitheater was different. I've been to a lot, and most amphitheaters kind of have an arch about them, the way they're 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 built, so that there's not much obstruction to mm-hmm. the people who are sitting on the lawn, you know? Not this one. This one just comes out flat from the stage of roof, and there's these huge pillars at every row. And so you couldn't sit really anywhere on the lawn without having a pillar block part of your view of the stage. I was kind of bummed about that. That's horrible. That was poor it was, thought. It was. It was kind of ridiculous. But um but so we, but we, you know, the seats are decent. They're kind of up close, you know, we can kind of see things. And so then we we lay out a blanket. And this this brings me to part 2 of my um my problems. And again, I'm an old fogey, all right? I don't like getting out a lot. I don't like going to places where there's a lot of people. I'm not a fan of being in big crowds. I'm just not. I'm not I'm not a fun person to be around. That's that's confession number two. A lot of people think when they hear me on the show, oh, I bet this guy's so much fun to hang out with. I am not. 
I'm I'm very much just kind of I don't really talk a lot when I'm around people. I just kind of unless I'm the center of attention, then I'm like, let me put on a show for everybody. But when it's just me and a couple of people, I'm just kind of there. I'm chilling. I'm taking everything in. You know, I don't really have a lot to say. I don't really wear my excitement on my sleeve or anything like. Like you even texted me like the day before. You're like, "Are you excited?" I'm like, "Not really." You were killing me, Steve. And you I were wasn't. I mean, me. exactly. But see, that's just how I am. I'm like, "Not really. Not yet." You know, I'll be excited. And truthfully, I wasn't excited until, you know, there they are on stage. And I'm okay. like, "All right, it's real. Here we go." Well, so we're sitting there, and this and these two couples come up, and, and we laid out a blanket. This place told told us on the website you can't bring lawn chairs, which sucks, mm-hmm. um, but you can rent them. But then I see all these people with their own lawn chairs. I'm like, no. Yeah, because no. if it's a certain amount off the of the ground, you're allowed to bring it in. Well, if we'd have known that, we'd have been rocking lawn chairs. Yeah, it's so it's so stupid. It's like that here too. So we're sitting on a blanket, and these people come. And this dude stops, you know, as they're going to kind of sit sort of in front of us in a, in a place that's available, and they're putting some blankets out or whatever. It's also kind of rainy this day, all right? Not pouring rain. It's just a constant breeze, overcast. So the weather's really cool. You know, it's threatening to kind of the bottom to drop out, but it never really does. So the weather's great. This dude stops, and he's like, I just want to apologize for her in advance. And he points... <laughs> And he points to the woman, which is accompanying him, who she is, she's there to have a good time. You know, she's not scantily clad. She's not, you know, she doesn't look weird or anything, but she definitely, these are two people who are used to going out, used to having a good time. They dressed the occasion. They were ready to have fun. You know, they were already kind of, you know, saucy um, and, uh, you know, in the Kool-Aid, if you will. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and that's fine. And so we just kind of laughed. We're like, all right, yeah. And I said, you're really going to be the problem, huh, dude? He's like, nope, nope. It's all going to be her. You know, she's tassily boots, everything, you know. So um, then their friends show up. And their friends could not be more different than them. <laughs> their friends show up, and it's this lady. She's wearing, you know, a little bit of nice jewelry. She's got a nice red blouse on, some little white shorts. Soccer mom to the nth degree. And I look at Coach and his wife. I'm like, let me explain to you what's about to go down up here. <laughs> I'm like, he just apologized for the woman that he's with, which may be his wife. You know, they at least have some kind of relationship going on. I'm like, they can handle it. I said, you need to understand, they're going to be fun to sit behind. They're going to be fun to be near, but they're going to be able to handle everything that they get into tonight because they're used to it. The couple with them? No. <laughs> I'm like, this woman is going to get wasted quick and be the most wild thing you've ever seen and about halfway through go down. <laughs> oh I'm my like, God. Just, just watch. Just watch. About that time, here comes couple number three that's in apparently this group of three couples. And I immediately think, well, there's my people because the dude's wearing a Batman t-shirt. There you go. All right. He's got a little nerdy about him, a little geeky about him, that sort of thing. And his little wife comes up, okay? His his little wife comes up, and she is just prim and proper, decked out. You know, you could tell that these are the let's-have-a-dinner-party couple, you know, of this group. 
that they get a, that all these people get along. You can tell they've been friends for a while. But I and I said I said now this couple one of two things is true. Either she's married to this guy and she completely regrets it, and we're about to get a real show tonight, <laughs> or they're going to end up babysitting drunk soccer mom. I'm like, this is a couple who have no kids. They've got tons of money and they're just excited about life in general. And they're either super happy together or she's miserable. Well, look again, I'd not spoken to any of these people outside of the dude apologizing for his wife. Sure enough. Uh, the third con, the third song was fooling by Def Leppard. Yeah. By the time they got to fooling soccer mom, was strung out. She was letting it fly. She was all over the place. And I just kind of looked at Coach Ben. I'm like, see there? And uh, <laughs> come to find it, somehow they talked to this girl. Oh, they, they turned around and asked Beth to take a picture, which there was one picture I completely photobombed. Um, <laughs> but they, they asked Coach's wife to take a picture, and they kind of saw that she had like a cheerleading, she had her, like her cheerleading coach poncho on. And uh, they're like, oh, you you work in the school? She's like, yeah. Well, the lady in red's like, well, I'm the assistant principal at my school. And I'm like, oh, this is about to get really wild then because she never gets to cut loose. And sure enough, she did. You know, I was right. Well, meanwhile, as the show's getting going, everyone's getting filed in. You know, it's Georgia, so no one's on time. (laughs) Um, You know, Cobra Cobra and the Lotus, they're finishing up. And, uh, And here comes Def Leppard. Now, awesome show, like... The, they they over the speakers they start playing um uh surprisingly enough won't get fooled again yep um and uh and then immediately as they hit that end drum break mm-hmm. you know the lights start flashing I'm like yo that's that's uh that's not the that's not a recording there that's the drums from that and then boom you know curtain drops there's Def Leppard it's like oh my god here we go you know that kind of thing. <laughs> And and I'm just there taking it in, listening to the crowd roar. You know, I just love those moments. It's just, I'm just taking it in because that's how I do. That's how I do these things. Well, they they open up with "Let It Go," oh, not, so not, good. not the Disney "Let It Go," mind you. Which which uh, Coach's wife was really disappointed when I explained to her. <laughs> no, there are other songs called "Let It Go" that have nothing to do with Frozen. <laughs> and uh, you know, and they're rocking out. And uh, and then they go into animal. Well, you guys know I can sing some animal, <laughs> you know. So I'm sitting there, and I'm and I'm just chilling with Coach and Beth, and you know, just kind of bopping along. And there's this cute little couple that are both really fat, you know, that have kind of somehow edged between us and the soccer mom crew. And um, and you know, and they're kind of bebopping along, and we're having a good time. You're not paying any attention to anybody. Well, we hit animal, and I'm like, I got to feel it in my blood. And I'm like, you got to get into it. You know, I'm looking at coaches. I'm like, you got to get into it with me. Someone's got to get into it with me. She's on my left. I turn to my right, and here come the drunk party chicks. Oh, God. Now, these are drunk party chicks who are, you know, my age, so they're deaf leopard people, and, uh, and they're singing right along with it. And they've got the short shorts on. They're wearing, you know, the the skimpy shirts. They're partying in sandals of all things, or flip flip flops, really. Um, faux pas on the lawn, faux pas. Yeah, well, you know, look, and um, and and so this this chick looks, and we'd noticed them before because they were kind of standing there. She and this dude were standing there, and like, and the reason we noticed her, or I noticed her, is because she's really hot, you know, really good looking. 
and um you know and she's kind of getting her little groove on and and so and he and then these other hot girls ladies come up with you know to this group and and he leaves with another hot woman to go i guess get more drinks and so she's standing there and it's all of us strangers just kind of standing around because there are other people that are kind of standing where she's at that she doesn't know but she's just she's one of those personality types she's like i'm gonna have a party i'm bringing everyone into the party i don't know what it is about me um i don't know if it's my teddy bear like appearance i don't know if it is um, the fact that I just have nice eyes. I don't know. But anytime I get around those kind of people, they look at me and something about them says, I can bring him into my party with me. <laughs> I'm not doing anything but just like, I got to feel it in my blood. You know, that's all I'm really doing. And I'm not even paying attention to them. Well, she all of a sudden is right up next to me. You know, and I'm like, and I won't. And I need, I'm like, all right, you know what? And, I, and I'm just kind of sitting there. I don't deal with the females very well anyway, okay? Let's be honest. I'm 37 and single. And uh, and then something, I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to have fun. And before I know it, I'm in this group of party chicks. It's all this group of party chicks and Steve. <laughs> and... um. And I'm like, all right, well, here we go. Time to have fun. And Coach and his wife are just laughing because they've they've never seen that happen. You know, they've never seen Steve just kind of... They've seen me be hyper and stupid, but they've never seen me be hyper and stupid with strangers and hot strangers at that. So here comes Dude and the other hot lady back, you know, and they're all like... And he comes up to me, and for some reason I had on... I know why I put it on. It's a comfortable hat. But I had a hat on. It's a Star Wars hat. It just says Star Wars on it, right? So he comes up. He's like, all right, we got new friends. And he ho- and he slaps my <laughs> hand or whatever. He's like, what's going on, Star Wars? <laughs> and I'm like, great. I'm Star Wars tonight. And You're so- that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. And um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm Steve. He's like, no, nope, you're Star Wars. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. Well, the, the girl that he had left with or the lady he'd left with was back with him and so he's back with the woman that apparently he was there with if you will and uh and this other lady i mean just can i i mean i'm sorry Kristen. she's just fine as wine i mean she is f-i-n-e fine to quote aerosmith um <laughs> you know and so um so he's like hey you know uh somehow some way by the time we get to let's get rocked i'm being danced up on by like two or three people because i'm safe i guess it's like fatty's not gonna hurt us um (laughs) and he did like the dude the drunk guy did try to get me to uh you know to kind of smack a butt behind i'm like i'm not doing that i don't even know these people (laughs) and he's like oh we know you star wars and um and so that I think that gave them a, a circle of because we are the kind of people that we're going to have fun with you, but we're not going to let it get. And I'm, you know, I'm still pretty gentlemanly or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and we just had a blast right on through the whole dang show, and uh, through through Def Leppard, and you know, and so there I am. And and the problem is this amphitheater is like not just it's not just 
dug out into a place. It's like down in a valley, you know, and then even deeper into the valley. So cell service was sketch at best while we were here. So like, you know, I was getting texts intermittently. I was trying to text and I'm terrible at taking pictures and such as. And, uh, and so I believe I did text you, finally get a text to you at one point, And I was just like, uh, <laughs> I was just like, um, shall I pull it up? <laughs> I'm trying to find it right now. And you, oh, you were like, uh, I said, well, leopard was amazing. I've made drunk friends. And you're like, oh, drunk friends. Are they the annoying clingy drunks or just the fun, friendly drunks? I like friendly, hot drunks. Good time. <laughs> And you're like, well, take a pic with them and behave yourself. I said, of course. I'm too scared of girls not to behave. <laughs> and then you're like, just pretend they're me and you'll be fine. I'm like, you wouldn't dance up on me like that. And that would totally change the podcast if you did. So <laughs> I'd be like, get off me, Duff Lovers on stage. Exactly. I'm like, guys. And I'm telling you, there were just moments so like, um, they were uh, understand that that's my experience out in the crowd. You know, I, I wasn't, and, and the other thing is, is like, I went there not to, not to have a good time. You know, I went there to listen to these people play is honestly why I went, but you know, you just kind of get caught up in it and you know how it is and you just end up having fun. And, um, <clears throat> and I was just blown away. Those guys were so tight and so good on stage and just musically, they were right there Joe hasn't lost that much of a step at all vocally. You know, it was just, they were on. And it was so, so good. And then Kiss came out. (laughs) And everything that you just said was a lie about Kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Nothing was true. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird because, like, you could tell around here uh, you know most of the people were there again most of the kiss fans had either made their way somehow into like down front you know because there weren't that many around us anymore okay um they had all decided to get as close as they could you know rightfully so um and so everyone that we were hanging with was waiting on one song everyone was just waiting on rock and roll all night mm-hmm. um and uh so you know everyone was just kind of listening through the rest of it and just kind of watching the the spectacle and kiss is a spectacle and i knew this and this has always been the case with kiss but at one they did lick it up which i was so 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 stoked for because you know i they didn't do dr love which really bothered me that's so sad i wish that's one of the best it is it is i wish they would have done it uh, they did do Lick It Up, so we all kind of knew that when we started to kind of party again. Um, uh, and at one point before Gene spits blood and flies, you know, he does his little bass solo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> because it really sounded like someone, someone would just sit in a, you know, some kid that's just learning bass would sit in a garage and try to do. Uh. You know, Um and uh, they did God of Thunder, which I know, but I know that because of res- you know wrestling. Um, Love Gun, I kind of know, of course, and of course Detroit Rock City and Rock and Roll All Night. They did, and they closed with Rock and Roll All Night. Confetti's flying, fireworks are going off. You know, everyone thinks it's so cool, and so you know we we ended on a party note. But honestly, through the rest of Kiss, our crowd was kind of just not dead. We were just kind of sitting there taking it all in. 
Yeah. And um, and I just, you know, I just, I was like, I've seen Kiss and I don't have to again. You know, I'm <laughs> one sh- time we're good. I mean, seriously, I'm sure that if I were in the crowd, you know, down in the seat area, it would have been a lot. I would have been taken with it a lot more. But really, because of the way this amphitheater is built, for them, I really felt like outside looking in. Okay. Um, the way this amphithe- this particular place is built. And um, and so it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't my... And Kiss has never really been my cup of tea that much either. Um, I understand the cult of personality that's built up around him and everything. But when, when, when Gene starts on that bass solo, I'm like, you need to figure something else out, man, to do. Um Paul Stanley, you know, talking between songs, it sounded, whenever a group starts out, you know, when they've never really performed, there's a lot of, this next song is called, uh-huh. this next song is called, and that's basically what Paul does with a little more energy. Yep. He's like. And his voice is shot. Oh, uh, and it is, and it's like, just can't, quit trying to talk that way. Yep. It's okay to talk normal. He's like, what's up, Atlanta? And I'm like, he said the name of the town we are in. Woo! You know? And at one point, he starts his whole speech about, I thank God every day I get down on my knees and pray and thank God. I'm like, so is he about to go into God gave rock and roll to you? Is he about to go? No, he goes into lick it up. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a weird trend. That's a weird speech to give before that song. Um, but or is uh, it? <laughs> or maybe, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I was bummed because I do like their version of God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Yeah. Um, and they didn't really play that. They just kind of had it playing as everyone was leaving. Okay. And uh, and and I was kind of bummed by that. But ultimately, you know, you ask on a scale of 1 to 10, Def Leppard gets a total 10 for their show. You know, especially knowing that they're not singing over tracks and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and just how, how good they sounded live. Kiss, you know, I gave a seven because we were having fun. You know, they do have this. You've got to give them points for their stage presence. All the special effects are going on, not just pyro and fire, but, I mean, they're going up. They're going down. This whole spider thing is moving about and everything. They're flying across the audience, all this stuff. And um, spitting blood, which made no sense. You know, he's like, I guess his bass solo made him throw up blood. But um, (laughs) It was that bad. It was that bad. But um, you know, so you gotta you gotta give them more than a than a failing grade. But it's like I've seen them once, you know. So seven was as, you know, it was good, it was average, and and you gotta love you know rock and roll all night live with confetti blasting everywhere, and and so much so that it's even blowing up into um into the lawn where we're at and everything. Um, Did you grab any and keep it? No, it was too wet oh, by the time see. I got up to where we were. I'm sorry. I'm just not that kind of, I didn't take many pictures, and I, I didn't. And what's funny is, like, Coach and, Coach and his wife said, we've got pictures of you dancing, you know, with those people. And the ones they had are just kind of me. It's like she's right there in front of me dancing, and I'm just kind of looking at her like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Like, what, what, what planet am I on? Yeah, why, why are you in front of me, lady? I'm enjoying this. Don't get me wrong. But uh, what are you doing? And so, but we had a good time. Made a new Facebook friend out of it. So there you go. There you go. Um, but, now uh, I have to ask Steve, mm-hmm. what what do you think was the best live song that Def Leppard did? Uh, Not your favorite one, but like best live song. 
Well, you know what? Honestly, they 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 slowed it down. They did two steps behind acoustically. Okay. I was really impressed with that because you could really, you know, me and guitar solos and guitar work and everything. Yep. <laughs> you could really, you could really, you know, catch that. Um, I, Hysteria was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get rocked. I absolutely loved live. I thought they, you know, and and they even threw a guitar solo in there in the middle. Of Let's get rocked. You know that that is there, but he, you know, he. He tore it up a little bit extra in there. So those those three were kind of standouts to me. Oh, I'm so Steve, like I can't even tell you how happy I am that like you finally saw Def Leopard oh. and you had like this amazing time and like they were fantastic and I'm 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 so happy. <laughs> I don't wanna go see him live in like for a, like a three hour show where they just, you know, don't just do the hits. I mean really because the only uh they did switch six twenty five. Love. Um, you know, which was great, but that's really the only one that I couldn't really sing along with. Yeah. You know, I would love to go hear them just kind of play through. I was hoping they'd do some of their newer stuff. I was hoping they'd do Undefeated because I love Undefeated. Right? It's you know, so good. It is. And and so I was really hoping they would, but of course they've got to get all their, you know, their big hits in there. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, Armageddon, it was great. Um their whole set list was just freaking fantastic. The way they did bring it on the heartbreak. Yeah, you know, and then they go into the they, heavy. Yes, they start out with their acoustic stuff and just blast into the electric stuff. And um, Rocket was fun, you know. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> the whole show is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, and, Steve, we need, to, we need to plan. Like, when Def Leppard does a Vegas residency, like, I already know there are people on the Facebook and the Twitter being like, hi, um, when that happens, we're going. Oh, we need, yes. We need to all get together and do that. Yes, that's true. I got the hotel rooms. I got the hookup for the hotel rooms. <laughs> I do. I seriously do. <laughs> so, so that yeah, I mean, it was fun. And, you know, and, and honestly, a situation like that, the only way it could be made more fun, more fun is to have more people with you that you know that you're having a good time with. Yeah. And um, Slash and, and Aerosmith are going to be in Atlanta in August, and I'm kicking myself for... Not having saved up, not knowing that, not kind of staying on top of that, knowing that, and saving up my money to go back up. Uh, they're going to be in Phillips, uh, the Phillips Arena, and um, and I would just, you know, you know my love affair with Slash. So yeah, you like that's that's he is someone like you have to see him like. Because, I mean, he tours all the time anyway. Right, and right. He does, like, up here, he does, like, House of Blues, so it is smaller size venues. Oh. Like, I really hope that you can see Slash and Miles Kennedy play. That would be awesome. And, and you know, you really need to get to where you're, um, where you're liking them better than you do. <laughs> you need to send me lists, Steve. I send you lists all the time. You need to be like, here, here are five Slash and Miles Kennedy songs okay. to listen to. I, done. I will do that. Good. <laughs> I, I will sit tonight while there's a wrestling pay-per-view tonight. So while we're watching that, I'll be like, all right, let me see here. Um, they've got a new track out. Uh, they've got an album coming out in August. New, I guess yeah, we're not a news podcast, but Slash and Miles Kennedy have a new album coming out soon. August <laughs> or September. I've pre-ordered it. Um, and, uh, and, and so in pre-ordering, you got to download off of it. And now I can't get my iTunes to open. So it's like, nope. Screw it. <laughs> well, we've got a ton of emails we got to get to. Yay! Let's get, let's get to. I'm not going to play the mail segue. I'm scared. 
you know, uh, yeah, let's take let, well, <laughs> let, let's take it to the people. I found a song that might work as a as a male segue for us. But after the thing is, after listening to freaking "Let's Get Rocked" as we're coming in, I'm like, there's no way does this fit. But here it is. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. I was so proud of myself in the moment because I wasn't listening to anything. But <laughs> You're like, damn it. We'll just play it at that part. Um, we got some emails. This one comes from RJ. He says, hey, guys, I want to give you a band recommendation. Oh, this is... Kristen, I couldn't believe... I, RJ must be a new listener to everything. And I'm yeah. really excited because hopefully he found us through iTunes, where we're at now. We've got our own iTunes feed. You can find us on iTunes. Please rate us, review us, and uh, let people know about Rock Out Loud through iTunes. Um, wait a minute. At the end of his thing, he, he totally blew my theory out of the water. Sorry, RJ. All the podcasts. <laughs> yeah, he loves all the podcasts. Just read. Anyhow, band recommendation is called Rock Sugar. And uh, he goes on to talk about uh, the people that are involved in it. Jess Harnell, who's the voice of Wacko Warner, um, he says his favorite song from them is Shook Me Like a Prayer, which is the most played song in my iTunes right now, by the way. It's all over the Big Honkin' Show. It is all over the Big Honkin' Show. So, RJ, actually, I got to interview back when Rock Sugar first kind of came out. I had Jess Harnell on the show. If you'll go to geekoutpodcast.com, you can hear, uh, and maybe Rock Sugar's even one of the categories there on the side. You can hear my um, interview with Jess Harnell, uh, who uh, who is the lead singer, and I think does a great job uh, for them. They're a fun, fun group, and it's like I told him way back then. They're having fun with all this music without making fun of it. Yep. You know, for the, the, the 80s rock and pop and everything, and it's just... It does. It, it jams, and they're talented, and it is just a good time to listen to. So, it's like a really good mashup. It's mm. just it's good. It really is. Yeah, they do. They do a great job, and and their CD you can't buy. I think they were having it royalty issues with just it being too much cost uh, for them to actually sell CDs. But um, hopefully, in the next few weeks, I'll be getting some things possibly to give away. Maybe. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, some some Rock Out Loud giveaways hopefully coming down the road. Um, and uh, they have a SoundCloud page. SoundCloud? I sounded really nasally when I said that. <clears throat> they have a SoundCloud page where uh, they'll put new stuff every now and again. So uh, follow them on Twitter. Check them out on Facebook, uh, Rock Sugar Band. Um, remember our friend uh, Karun? Karun? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Send a pronunciation key this time around. Thank you, for, thank you for that. It's uh, K A as in cup. I'm like, no cup. That's not. I've got. I'm calling shenanigans on the pronunciation. Anyhow, Karun <laughs> uh, Pandur, and, uh, and as he's trying to tell us, he says, "I feel like Phoebe doing this. P as in Phoebe, H as in Hebe, and you know the rest." Uh, Dear Steve and Kristen, thanks for reading my email last episode. You guys are truly going global because I've asked my friends to start following the Goloverse as well. Awesome. Thank Thank you. you. That should get some likes on the Facebook page as well. We need more likes on the Rock Out Loud Facebook page. 
We need to break 100. We need to do more than break 100. Come on. <laughs> if you're listening to any of the Goliverse shows, you should like us on Facebook and, and get your voice heard over on the Facebook page. With regards to your Power Ballads episode, I have just one, th- one thing to say. I love All for Love. I have to agree with Kristen and say that Sting has a really grating voice, but I love Brian Adams. His Best of Me tape was one of the only things my father had when he passed away in war, and I've listened to it a lot over the years. That is a pretty good Best of album, by the way. I also really like the Hysteria episode. Since I'm 19 years of age, I've never listened to too much Def Leppard, maybe because the majority of their albums were released before I was born. These days, all I can hear is EDM and dubstep, and it annoys the heck out of me. Me too! <laughs> dubstep what is that <laughs> in the words of hinder it ain't no music without guitar I'm, Preach. A- I'm aware that you don't listen to hinder <laughs> <laughs> preach again <laughs> yet as i heard some of the songs on hysteria i recognize the intro or chorus here and there maybe i heard it when i was really little wish i could recall where a couple of things before i end you already came with the idea of covers based episodes so here's another one somebody mentioned queen's save me and all i could think of was smallville Maybe you could do a favorite soundtracks episode as well. Also, I recently watched Transformers, and I had listened to your podcast beforehand, which prepared me for the ratchet scene. You're probably wondering why I'm talking about goal on roll, roll, but hear me out. I believe I found the perfect sign-off for you guys, which is roll out. That's what Optimus Prime says. (laughs) But he's saying rock out loud out, roll out. Am I genius or am I genius? I like rock on. Um, Anyway, have a great time podcasting. and thanks, Thanks for listening. Corinne, Corinne. Yeah, you're awesome. Corinne, I need to know what syllable the emphasis is on in your name. Because I'm very serious about pronouncing names right. He tried to tell you. He just gave the, the, the various pronunciations, but didn't tell us the emphasis on the syllable. Well, it says Corinne. Corinne. Corinne, run, run, run. Corinne, run, run. Wade chimes in, Kristen. <laughs> Segway. That's what we call no selling a joke. Um, he says, I've been meaning to write in sooner. We'll be a little more involved with the Goliverse. Today, though, was the day to let you know about how Rock Out Loud has affected my day-to-day life. With all the Def Leppard talk, I had to cave in and purchase tickets to their show with Kiss here in Tulsa at the end of August. You're going to love it. You're going to love Def Leppard. Yes, you are. My concert history has been way more on the smaller side of the scale, as most metal bands that I like can't sell out big rock arenas. So this is actually my third ever big arena show, coming after Motley Crue with their Carnival of Sin tour and Roger Waters touring the entirety of The Wall. Mm-hmm. Please tell me I'll have a good chance of hearing Gods of War in Rocket. You'll hear Rocket. And you will definitely, definitely not hear Gods of War, yeah, sadly. That's unfortunate. Are either of you Kiss fans? I've never been a fan much myself, but I will seriously get down to some Detroit Rock City. Well, they'll play that for you, buddy. Yeah. As for a couple of cover songs I really enjoy, uh, Us and Them from Pink Floyd covered Between the Buried and Me. Not familiar with that. Are you? Uh, no, I'm familiar with the band, though. Mm. Uh, Looking Out My Back Door from CCR was covered by Children of Bottom. Bodom. Bodom. Bit harder than what is usually on Rock Out Loud. Yep. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> you know, we talked before we went live, Kristen, about how <laughs> I don't like to just kind of jump in the middle, but now I've got to know because I love looking out my... I love Credence. Okay. Um And... um. I've got to hear Bodum, Children of Bodum. Is that how it is? Is that yes? Children of Bodum. I've got to hear a, a. I mean, are they death metal? Um, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, not not for me, but you know where I can totally see that that song in? I can see it in like some kind of uh uh, con- some kind of sophomore comedy movie, like an American Pie kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, but um, uh, not not a fan of that. I'll just take the original with old uh, with with the <laughs> dude banging on his roof of his car while he's riding down the road listening to it. Oh my god. <laughs> um, the Rover, Achilles' Last Stand. The song remains the same from Led Zeppelin, covered by Dream Theater. I'll have to check that out later on in my own spare time. Bridge of Sighs from Robin Trower. I don't even know who that is. Mm-mm. Covered by Opeth. Hmm. No idea. Summer Breeze. Summer Breeze makes me feel so... Covered by Type O Negative. Do you know Type O Negative? I do, yeah. And they're about like children of bottom? No, um, they're... They're a lot... His voice is a lot more soothing. Like, what someone I work with like it always says that they take a lot of baths to Type O Negative. So, like, they're heavy, but they're like... A serene heavy, if that makes sense. <clears throat> okay, I have a I have a weird relationship with the song "Summer Breeze," but okay. anyhow, I gotta hear this. This is scaring me. <laughs> yeah, no. <clears throat> I won't it's like sleep. Dracula movie. Yeah, I won't sleep tonight. If I listen to all that <laughs> summer breeze, makes me feel fair. Yeah, nope. Uh, as I try to play catch up real quick, I'll just say I think Damn Yankees by Damn Yankee is a great driving, by Damn Yankees is a, is a great driving song. Also, off the top of my head, Don't Know What You Got Till It Gone from Cinderella and Is This Love from Whitesnake may be my favorite ballads. Adios for now. Wait, how did we not get Is This Love in our ballads I don't know. Episode. Well, because we over I said this before. We overlapped on two bands. That took up a lot of time. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because we were talking about that the other night with Foreigner. Yep. <laughs> Brian chimes in. He says, There's so many, there are so many great and not so great covers out there. I wouldn't know where to start. So my question is this, are there artists you think are simply uncoverable? Now, we've talked a little bit about that on our covers episode. I think there are a few that are unique or whose singers are so strong that any cover to fall short. Journey is one band that comes to mind. Queen is another, although I give a pass to the Muppets. I would also say Led Zeppelin, but I did like the cover of Ramble On you played. And Heart of All Groups can capture the magic of some of Plant's vocals. Yeah, yeah Heart can. actually, at their, uh, when, uh, the, when they were being honored at the Kennedy Center, when Zeppelin was being honored at the Kennedy Center, Heart came out and played, and it was they did a great job with what they did. Yeah, they do. Um, they did a Battle of Evermore on awards show or Hall of Fame a few years ago that completely blew me away. Also, do you have any favorite covers that were done ironically and or for comic effect? For example, Jimmy Fallon as Neil Young in The Boss covering Whip Your Hair. That was funny. <laughs> mm, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, not any that come to mind, Brian. If you're not talking parodies, um, which Weird Al's got a new album out, I think we're supposed to talk about that at some point. Jeez. <laughs> the Admiral chimes in, Kristen. Dun dun dun. It's a lady. <laughs> I know, 
we get all dudes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a real metal show, all men. <laughs> and I love I love how she starts this out. Since you are about to rock, I salute you, Kristen Steve. Love. <laughs> Just want to say hi and thanks for putting out on putting out a music podcast that is passionate about music without the hipster music snobby vibe. Cue the elephant poop coffee voice. Well, I really don't enjoy uh, a lot of the death metal that's out there. It's too, too hard for my taste. It doesn't have the smooth, earthy aroma of, say, I don't know, a free or um, any of those bands from the 70s and 80s that we love. Uh, while my music taste doesn't always align with you guys, Rock Out Loud is still fun to listen to. That's thanks to Kristen. Aww. I wanted to provide my favorite covers and a suggestion uh, and suggestion uh, for... And, oh, I'm sorry. And suggest a theme for an episode, a ladies' night, about your favorite female performers, female bands, or bands with female front women. We could do that. Oh, it'll yes, be, it's it'll be hard for me, night. but... <laughs> oh, yeah? You don't like a lot of lady bands? I really don't. There's there's a few, mm-hmm. but I I tend to not. Um, I You know, I Heart, because it was just mentioned, comes to mind. Pat mm-hmm. Benatar. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of... Um, we've talked about Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And Stevie Nicks, I'm not, don't really care for. Um, you know who I like that's controversial? I like Hole. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I dig on some Courtney Love. I've got some, uh, there, uh, I, I don't necessarily like Garbage, but I've got a Shirley Man, I got a couple of Shirley Manson songs that I really like. Okay. Um, so there you go. Uh, on to my favorite cover, covers Tina Turner, Proud Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're going to start a little slow. And in a little rough. Jimi Hendrix or Bear McCreary all along the Watchtower. Now she's throwing out a little Battlestar Galactica love there. <laughs> Joan Jett, Summertime Blues. I wasn't thinking about Joan Jett. I do like some of Joan Jett stuff. Uh, Beck, Diamond Dogs, Amy Winehouse, Cupid, Charlie Barnett, Hi Ho. I'm sorry, what? Is that the dwarf, Seven Dwarfs, Hi Ho? <laughs> I have no idea. That would be interesting. Who is Charlie Barnett? Let me Google that for you. Oh, thank you. This is a segment uh, that that the Admiral named. Uh, let me Google that for you. <laughs> uh, Charlie Barnett Orchestra. Is this right? Let me make sure I've got the spelling right because I'm going to... Yeah, Charlie Barnett Orchestra. Hi-ho. Here we go. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's bringing in some swing. <laughs> Might be using that for Disney Vault Talk before you know it. There you go. Um, Adele, I Can't Make You Love Me. Oh, Adele did I Can't Make You Love Me? <laughs> Your interest just peaked. <laughs> I did. I did. Gladys Knight and the Pips or Marvin Gaye. I heard it through the grapevine. Now, I thought that Credence covered them. Or I guess I the Temptations. Too. I guess the Temptations did hurt it through the grapevine first. Uh, Aretha Franklin, I'm Sitting on Top of the World. And Kulana Kinnick. Koa, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Is that that ukulele version of Somewhere I, Over I the Rainbow? I think so, yeah. That makes me so sad. <laughs> why? <laughs> because I don't know why, but every time I hear it, it just makes me sad. It's just, it just makes me sad. Ooh. Yeah, it... Mm. <laughs> makes me sad. The next one isn't a cover, but I think the original one doesn't get enough love. And that is Big Mama Thornton's Hound Dog. Okay. Elvis covered that, by the way. Think that's enough for this email later. Admiral throwing a throwing a big monkey in the wrench there. I uh, know. 
with some of these picks. That's crazy. I I know what kind of I know all I got to do is break out the Motown for Admiral though, and she'll be she'll be on board apparently. I was gonna say from the looks of it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Serling chimes in and says, "Hey there, roll people." Uh, roll pod people loving the podcast and anxiously awaiting the next show. A couple of things I'd like to chime in on. First, beach music. While I agree that 80s music brings back a nostalgia feel of playing soccer on the beach until the Cobra crowd breaks your boombox. That's a Karate Kid reference, Kristen. <laughs> I have to cash in a little rock cred and say that Bob Marley's Legend album is not only great to listen to on the beach, but the music magically can transfer me to the beach when I'm thousands of miles away. See, I feel like Bob Marley on the beach is a little on the nose, just like the Beach Boys on the beach is a little on the nose. Yep, I agree. Second, power ballads. I've always said, and it could be argued, that Def Leppard's Bring It On The Heartbreak is not only the best power ballad, but maybe the greatest Def Leppard song of all time. Okay. I saw Kiss <laughs> Def Leppard tour here in Seattle, as you did. I didn't see it in Seattle. The version they did while starting on the electric, on the acoustic guitar and switching electric, what I dare say, is epic. Yeah, it's it really was. good. It was. It was. Anyway, long-time listener, but first-time emailer. Side note for Steve, my son RJ, who is 13, is also a listener to the podcast. He sent in his first email asking both of you if you've ever heard of Rock Sugar. We've been listening to them for years, and I had to laugh because you were the one who introduced them to me. Through Oh, okay, RJ's a 13-year-old kid. Hey, dude. Well, if I had known so that. Cool. Yeah, if I, RJ, make your dad let you listen to me talk to Jess Harnell. Bad dad. Bad dad. You're not doing your job right. Come on. Come on. All right, Dylan McManus. Here we go. Here Get we, ready. Everyone buckle in. <laughs> He's uh, talking about our hysteria talk that we did on Patreon Day. In He's on- just getting caught up. Yeah, in honor of this episode, I watched Viva Hysteria this afternoon just to get me ready to write this email. And here we go. I remember buying this cassette in the Gallup Flea Market in Gallup, New Mexico. It had to be summer. I must have been seven or eight years old. I remember it was like three cassettes for 15 or 20 bucks. I got Hysteria, New Jersey, and Open Up and Say Ah. Those are three good little tapes to get for 15 or 20 bucks. That's a trifecta. That's that's a good trifecta there. Cue to my first ever rock concert ever. You put two evers there. Def Leppard Hysteria Tour Tacoma Dome, Tacoma, Washington which I've mentioned before in an earlier email. I wish I could remember more about the show, but I was so young. I just read that there's a bootleg of one of the Tacoma Dome shows. I'm going to download it after I finish this email. Maybe it'll bring back some memories. Fingers crossed. A few years back, Best Buy had these great deals on deluxe edition of certain albums. $20 for a two-CD deluxe edition set. I picked up Pyromania and Hysteria, both deluxe edition. I was golden. Reasons to pick up the deluxe edition of Hysteria. Live versions of Elected by Alice Cooper, Women, and the Amazing Rock of Ages melody, which I got to hear live at my show. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was taken back to my younger days, the days of MTV, the 80s, our house in Federal Way, Washington. It was a great feeling to look back. I think that's why I treasure this album and that concert so much. A great album can bring back memories long forgotten. In the words of uh, Clint Black, ain't it funny how a melody can bring back a memory? Mm-hmm. There's some country for you guys. <laughs> Last but not least, one of the coolest album covers ever. Yep. Keep making great episodes, and I'll keep writing in. Stay positive in one love. That's Dylan Macca McManus. Thanks, love Dylan. It. Love it as always. And uh, this came. This was on the Big Honkin Show, but I'm going to bring it back up here. Our good friend Rod, bald headed Rod. You're a good friend. He's your friend too. Uh, he <laughs> says, uh, "I was wondering if you guys were interested in a business opportunity. I want to open a chain of adult beverage serving establishments or bar, whatever you want to call them. 
I was thinking about naming them. I don't think so. The gimmick for these establishments is that it will have an internet jukebox. You can request any song you want. However, there will be an unpublished list of songs that, if requested, will result in an alarm going off, and you'll be required to put a dollar in a jar. For example, if you request Toby Keith's I Love This Bar, the alarm goes off. You pay a dollar, and you don't get to hear the song. The person serving the Kool-Aid or bartender, whatever you want to call them, should pick a song that they like, and if that song gets played, then the person gets the money in the jar. I think people should be able to go to their local watering holes and drink their Kool-Aid in peace without having to listen to crappy music. Some examples of the songs I'm thinking are American Pie by Don McLean, Red Solo Cup by Toby Keith, Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. I actually like Van Morrison, but I'm sick of this song. And I don't want to give away the entire list. What songs did you put on the list when we were partners in the ventures? P.S. Steve, I won't put Mbop on there. I'll add the entire Hanson catalog. And now we're mortal enemies. <laughs> This is a good idea, mm-hmm. but I mean, who, first of all, who the heck plays American Pie at a bar? It's a drinking song that people all sing along to. Why? Can't you just oh. hear a bunch of, bye, bye, Miss American Pie, man, this song really takes me back. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get that one. <laughs> It's a it's a strange one. It's a it's it's not one I've ever heard. And of course, I don't hang out in bars, so I couldn't tell you. Um, you know, most of the times I've ever been in any establishment like that, uh, I can't think of. You know, I don't really go to bars a lot, so never mind. A lot of times, if I'm somewhere where they're serving the serving the adult beverages, uh, there's like a live band playing or something. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I would just like any country song. No. So no Taylor Swift mm. would ever get put on anything. Yeah. I don't want to hear that ever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and rap, but, you know, that's, you know, that's just me. <laughs> now, Scott Meyer, Scott Masters, rather, writes in. He says, I'm in the middle of listening to the cover episode of Rock Out Loud, and I had to stop it and email. I respectfully disagree with Kenyon, Kristen's opinion of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-mm. If I want to hear an exact copy of a good song, I'll listen to the original. My favorite covers are the ones that change things up completely. Oof. Here are some non-rock-out-loud examples. There's a band called Lucky Uke that does nothing but ukulele covers. (laughs) Heavy sigh. You're coming out on a rock-out-loud podcast with ukulele covers. Search for the Pickin' On series of bluegrass covers for just about everything. Paul Anka did a swing band album of rock covers that was incredible. Paul Anka. (sighs) (laughs) Go to your happy place. Go to your happy place. It's just, it's funny. I mean, I'm talking about hot chicks dancing up on me at a Def Leppard concert, and now we're talking Paul Anka. Um, (laughs) Of course, if you can't stand these other genres, you probably won't enjoy them. I'll probably lose my rocker cred by suggesting these on this podcast, but my musical tastes vary. In my defense, I raised my kids on 80s hairband music before letting them venture out and listen to today's radio noise. Well, you know what, Scott? There you go. Um, I've added some links to some good covers. Okay, I've got to be honest with you. I've got to to be straight up serious. I will check things out like this sometimes and just keep them in my back pocket if they're really good. Um, just because you never know when you might need a bluegrass cover of ACDC. 
yeah, you never know. It could it could happen. Um, and I have heard them, and they are. And it's and to me, it's like I can't figure out if it's a joke or serious. You know. Um, for example, speaking of Lucky Uke, Guns and Roses. Nope. <laughs> nope. Lucky Uke. This is a sweet child of mine on the ukulele. She's got a smile that seems to me reminds me of childhood. Nope. 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 Um, here is Paul Anka in his swing band doing Eye of the Tiger. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I mean, of course there's an ad. Why wouldn't there be one? <laughs> Every time we do this. Yeah, why wouldn't there be an ad? Someone suggested I got something. Okay, here we go. I don't I don't understand how that's out of the tiger. No. Dreams of the past, you gotta fight to keep them alive. It's the eye of a tiger. Dream and a fight rising up. Nope. Nope. See, it's like if I don't even if I can't even know what the song is, Eye of the Tiger is such an iconic song. Yeah, I mean look. <laughs> I'll say this for Lucky Uke. I could tell that was the opening riff for uh, Freaking Sweet Child of Mine. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sandy Thorn, November Rain. I don't. This is just a lady doing some covers. This has potential. Just listening to it, by the way. Kristen, I'm going to give this a pass. That's not bad. That's I, the best of uh, everything that we've gotten thrown at us so far. <laughs> I like her voice. She's a little too country in her voice, but I do. I, I'll i end up downloading that and having it. Um, I like the organ. This is a group called Hellstrom doing Get Lucky. Is this the Def Leppard? No. I mean, the Def Funk is what I'm saying. Yes. You'll probably be hearing that on the Big Honkin' Show. That's all. I mean, really, I'm, I'm digging it. I like that. He's two for two. And then as I see over here in the uh, sidebar, Hellstorm also does this. Which may just be sacrilege.
that might get added to the big honking show mix as well. I feel like you would like Hailstorm. I feel like, I mean, look, that was two for two right there. Yeah. I'm just going to be straight with you. That was two for two. So I'm going to say he got two out of four on the suggestions he sent in for me. Um, maybe a one and a half out of four for you. So not quite a passing grade, Scott, <laughs> but close. But you did good. Good effort. So, a for effort. Are you kidding me right now? Jason Scaffidel just sent in two emails. He said, check out these covers. Uh, oh, my God. Two cellos. Oh, someone sent them to us on our um, on our Facebook page. Yeah, have you listened to them? Yeah, they're interesting. This stuff, this kind of stuff, can be interesting. We've got to get through an ad. No, we don't. Oh, these guys are like breaking out. Oh, they're about to do "Welcome to the Freaking Jungle." <laughs> I may give that more listen later. <laughs> and uh, Black Hole Sun. Jazz style. 90s. A jazz <laughs> style cover, Black Hole Sun. No nope, that's Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I don't know if anyone else is getting a lot of Gary Busey ads when they go to YouTube, but I'm getting Amazon Fire ads all the time with Gary Busey, and I'm kind of tired of it. Oh my God, it's horrible. He's so creepy. Is one like Big Eye? Yes. No. <laughs> Three seconds. No. <Nope>. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't like the song enough to sit there through a Mr. Rogers sounding version of um, Black Old Sun. I'm sorry, Jason. Jason, of course, the founder of the band uh, or the, uh, the manager and promoter of the band, Freakin' Pegasus, um, which is comprised of myself and Derek Russell. So good. So, uh, anyhow. Uh, well, Kristen, let's get on to what we came here to talk about. We we have wasted an hour on my silliness at Def Leppard. And, oh, we, we didn't waste time on the emails, but we did definitely spend a lot of time there. So, uh, let's get into what we came here to talk about. Let's do it. Um, This is an idea you sent to me. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right, I'm kind of skeptical, but okay. I was like, all right, that's fine. I didn't, I, I couldn't, because in the moment I couldn't think of anything. But here's the truth. This is a place where rock and roll and wrestling really collide is, is we lose a lot of the people that we are fans of and enjoy uh, way before what it seems like should be their time. Yep. And in various and sundry ways. You may think that in wrestling it's all due to steroids. It's not. And you may think in rock and roll it's all due to drugs, but not necessarily. We tried to keep it away from that. Yeah, it, you know, half, half and half. Um, that's my fault, not Kristen's. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I did my part. <laughs> and uh, and so what we thought we'd talk about is is some people who left a big impact in the world of music in general, and uh, and 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 talk about them and and play a song or two by or that includes some of these people because some people are members of bands that. Um, you just were never the same after, you know, after they passed on or that really affected that band or, you know, people just kind of wondered how this, how will they be able to go on? How will a group be able to go on? It's an uplifting topic to be sure. 
we got the good music. It's good music. It's all good music, promise. Well, this first one. It's a good song. <laughs> I'll hit you. Uh, if you live in the South at all, this is a band that you're super familiar with, and the spirit of this man lives on all over the place. Um, uh, you know, I, I sh probably should have got some Almond Brothers in here now that I'm thinking about it, um, <laughs> because people still go to Macon, Georgia, and leave guitar picks on, on his grave and everything. But anyhow, this is not the Almond Brothers. This is uh, We're talking Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinner. Uh, you know, that is a group, and they still play to this day, and it, it's still one of the Van Zants that's you know, up front and that sort of thing. But this was a, a, a huge loss. And these guys are the pioneers of a, of a style of music called Southern rock that takes, um, <clears throat> that takes the, the raw, uh, sound of rock and roll and blends it with kind of the bluesy gospely countryside of things down South. And, um, and, and, and a lot of times, even more than the sound, it's the content of the, of the songs that, that have to do a lot with with it being Southern rock. Um, someone was talking to me the other night, Kristen, and this is kind of off topic, but someone was talking to me the other night. They're like, you know, Kristen's really into the bands from Jersey. I'm like, well, Kristen's from Jersey. Uh-huh. And I'm like, in Jersey, <laughs> people have a lot of state pride. And they're like, what about all the bands from Georgia? I'm like, you mean R.E.M. and the B-52s? I was going to say, uh, what bands? Uh, and they're like, yeah, R.E.M.'s good. And I agree. I think R.E.M. has its place. Uh, I dig a lot of some stuff from R.E.M., uh, and then they brought up Collective Soul. I'm like, I did Collective Soul. I really do dig Collective Soul. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to start being as passionate about Georgia bands as Kristen is about Jersey bands. And I realize most Georgia bands are country, so never mind. <laughs> but uh, but there's definitely a region, and I do have a very special place in my heart for Southern Rock and, and this group. The only My only problem with this song is just how overplayed it is. But this is Leonard Skinner's uh, Freebird. We'll come back and talk to you about it afterwards, Kristen. So free bird. goes on for 20 minutes after <laughs> you're so, dang right it does <laughs> so I, look i'm stoked that you put van sant and you know and leonard skinner in this uh why freebird did you pick by them so the reason why i picked 
Freebird, and the reason why I listed this as the first song is just for the opening line. Um, you know, if I leave here tomorrow, would you still remember me? And I think that um, all the the people that we're going to talk about, you know, they left us before their time, but their impact is still so felt within the music world. Like, I don't think there's really one artist that we're going to talk about that didn't have like a huge cultural impact. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so that was my main, because I, of course, do I love Tuesdays Gone more than Freebird? Yes. But just the opening line of this song and how it's just that very like ethereal, you know, I must be traveling on now. There's too many places I got to see, you know, things just won't be the same. It, it just, it sums up our podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess so. Maybe it does. I'm as free. But like, there was so much, like Kristen, suddenly when, when I saw this in the list, I was like, I got to school that girl on Leonard Skinner. First, I'm going to school you on Slash. Then I'll school you on Leonard Skinner because I'm telling you straight up, um, there's so much good from these guys. And I don't mean just Sweet Home Alabama. Um, I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is still, I, look, as the two most overplayed songs in these parts, Freebird, Sweet Home. Oh, yeah, of course. But, but I'm, talking, I'm talking Give Me Three Steps, What's Your Name, mm-hmm. Simple Man, yep. Call Me the Breeze. Um, all Curti- great songs. Curtis Lowe is, I mean, just all they—they they had such a unique, cool sound, and and these guys, as well as the Almond Brothers, really um, established what would become to known as as Southern rock. And um, you know, big big loss, but big in the words. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip off Kevin Smith in this in this podcast a lot, but also big bucket of win. Yep. <laughs> And I think it's worth mentioning, too, that Ronnie was lost in a plane crash. Mm -hmm. The whole entire band was on the plane. Yeah, he wasn't the only one to go, though, was he? No, the guitarist Steve Gaines, um, a backup singer, Cassie Gaines, Mm -hmm. um, and I think their assistant road manager. Yeah. And the pilot and the co-pilot because they had like a really shoddy engine and they were like, no, we could do it. It's fine. And, you know, they went up and and it was all things were good. And then one engine completely went and they Mm -hmm. tried to transfer all the rest of the the fuel to the working engine. But the pilot panicked and it all it all went away. He dumped it. So they just completely lost everything. And they said all they heard was air. And then they were in the forest, and then all you heard was pine trees, and then just sudden impact. Mm-hmm. You gotta, I tell you what, you gotta call Redneck on them. Oh, yeah, we can go. Yep. It's fine. Well, well, Ronnie said, he said, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go get on the plane because we gotta go. Mm. We gotta get to the next show. Yep, yep. And these guys are not the only ones to have, to have fallen to a, to a plane crash. You know, Buddy Holly. Yep, who the is, day the music died. Yeah, who is uh, you know credited really with the start of rock and roll itself is um, he's one of the, he's one of the people credited with the founding and the starting of, of what rock and roll is. Uh, plane crash. So many others. Uh, who are some others that died in a plane crash? Well, we're gonna get to one later. All right. The main one I can think of is later. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, well, because someone in the chat said. Uh, drugs or plane crash, which took out, which kills more rock and roll stars. I think That's drugs. A silly question. Yeah, yeah. I think drugs. Um, hey, go ahead and set up this next one for us. Oh, so the next one we're going to talk about is probably one of the most 
infamous rock stars. I think a lot of people, when they think of rock stars, they will think of someone like Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the crazy good looks, the like the crazy, you know, feathered dark hair, the leather pants, just very mysterious, um, insanely smart and just he had that air of mystery around him which i think everybody kind of wanted to you know get a little taste of and you know he definitely let the rock and roll lifestyle kind of take him a little bit and it eventually ended up he eventually ended up joining the 27 club yeah yeah to explain to people who don't know about that so there's this weird phenomenon maybe you could call it i don't think that's the right term for it but there's this weird thing in rock and roll where a lot of people die at age 27 we're going to talk about a few of them in our podcast um some that we're not going to talk about amy winehouse um kurt cobain Mm -hmm. and janice joplin yeah um and after uh, Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin died, there's a story where Jim Morrison was at a bar drinking with a bunch of people, and he held, he raised a toast and he said, "You're all drinking with number three, and he downed his drink. Wow. Well, and he also had just that rebellious spirit about him too that people knew. I mean, this is a guy who was getting banned from yep. from performing places and that sort of thing because he just you know he kept rebelling against any type of authority that was around. And anything he could do to not just push the envelope, but rip it up. Yep. Uh, Arrested on do. stage. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so this is this is Jimi Hendrix, The Doors. It's uh, Roadhouse Blues. That's an interesting pick there. I love that song. I just love the Doors. <laughs> it's a, it's you know, most people when they think Doors, they think um, uh, my God, I gotta fade the music on out because I can't think of the song. Light my um, fire. Yeah, light my fire or um, uh, not like, what's the other one that's so with the organs and the such. People ass. are strange. Yes, yes, yes. People think that's, but this is a totally different sound in Jim Morrison from those other songs. Mm-hmm. This is like, I don't know, this is a little bit more controlled, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, because he is very famous for, you know, his howls and his screams. And the thing that my my favorite thing with the Doors, because I did not get into the Doors until I was a lot older. And mm-hmm. by a lot older, I mean like 20, but right. still 20 <laughs> so years of my last, life. Last year. Yeah, last year. You know, no big deal. Um <laughs> But the thing that I love about the Doors is one, they were like talking about rebellion. Um, the Doors were banned from Woodstock. 
mm-hmm. which I think is crazy. And um, I know I read an article about the Doors, and the opening line was, um, while the Beatles are singing, I want to hold your hand, the Doors are singing, come on, baby, light my fire. Mm. Like, they were that... Like they were just that rebellious band that they didn't want to be like those flower child sixties rockers. Like they wanted, they wanted to be a little bit more on edge. <laughs> I know what song I was just thinking in my head. Don't love her madly. Oh, love her madly. Yeah. Don't love, don't you love her as she's walking out the door? Um, that's one of my favorite door songs. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Okay. With okay for with with Leonard Skinner. After the plane crash, those guys were on hiatus for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plane crashed in 1977, and uh, in 90, in 1987, the ones who survived got with um, a, a guitarist who'd left the band before the plane crash, and uh, Ronnie Van Zant's younger brother, Johnny, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they've been going since um, with them. Did the Doors try to go on with someone else? Did... What happened to them after the death of Jim Morrison? There were definitely there were some like incarnations of the Doors <clears throat> mm-hmm. where, um, like, I they tra- they got the guy from Steelheart who we played on our Power Ballads episode mm-hmm. to sing for them. They didn't really do a lot of stuff, and it was kind of weird because I remember when the Doors with um, Mike Matievich came through, they played the Starland Ballroom, which is like a club. It's like a yeah. two thousand seat place it might not even be two thousand people it might only be like a thousand but they they really just didn't really do much of anything afterwards and i mean he was i mean ray manzarek who was the um the organist Mm -hmm. was definitely the i would say the musical driving force but that swagger and everything about them was very 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 much jim morrison um <clears throat> yeah, and that's the thing when you lose a front man, and that was the thing with Leonard Skinner. You know, uh, Ronnie Van Zant was a front man, mm-hmm. and it's hard to replace, especially with someone with that personality. Uh, and I'll use this term again: the cult of personality that Jim Morrison had. You yep. can't, you can't replace that up front. No, and, and so I, I didn't think they had really done much as far as you know, continuing to tour, or even creating, making new music. I don't, you know, Mm-mm. and so. Um, our next and one. I will say really quick, my on my bucket list, I will go and visit Jim Morrison's grave before I die. Where is he buried? He is buried in Paris, France. Now, he died, you have here, from heart failure? Yes. He died in a bathtub, and there was no autopsy done or anything like that. And his, um, his longtime girlfriend, you know, was like, oh, well, we did this and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And they just, they... They narrowed it down to heart failure for him at 27 years old. So, um, is he still alive? Some people would say he's still alive. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I don't really buy into any of those those kinds of conspiracy right. theories. Right. I think, like, let him rest. Let him rest in Paris with all the poets in Père Lachaise. Like, let him, let him just be there. Yeah. Um, this next one is someone I'm not really familiar with. I, and we talked about this before we started recording. Uh, he was a guitarist, right? He was the guitarist for, um, for Pantera. Yep. Signature sound. And, uh, yeah, signature sound. And, but Pantera is not one of those groups that I've ever been really familiar with. Um, never really gotten into, uh, talking about Dimebag Daryl. Let's listen to a little Cowboys from Hell. 
my fists in the air yeah i did some good guitar work i love his sound on this song when yep. is this how how long goes when is this song actually from i want to say like early 90s yeah i didn't realize uh pantera has been had been around as long as they had been yeah pantera started in it's funny because you can actually find pictures of them from the 80s where they totally have like the big huge hair and it's like all styled and feathered out because they were very much inspired by van halen like especially dimebag like his like his idol was eddie van halen Mm -hmm. like that was what he aspired to be and i mean dimebag definitely has that signature dimebag darrow guitar sound like you know it's him what uh what what happened with his death? Um so this I feel like this is probably the most tragic of all the ones that we are going to talk about because he was actually murdered by a fan while he was on stage performing with his brother and their band Damage Plan. Hmm. This fan thought that, you know, he was a little he was a little loopy and he thought that Dimebag was the reason that Pantera was no longer a band anymore. So on December 8th, which is crazy because that is also the day that John Lennon got murdered and it's mm. the day that Razzle Dingley died in a car crash. So December 8th is... Uh, it's another is, one of those legendary kind of things in rock and roll. Yep, December 8th is not a good day. Um, but came up on stage, started shooting. He shot Dimebag in the back of the head five times and Good then night. started shooting people on the stage, started shooting into the crowd. And then... Um, Everybody was calling 911, and eventually one cop showed up. The closest cop to the area showed up, and he put a gun. He was holding a guy hostage. He put a gun to the hostage's head, and the cop shot him and killed him. Hmm. So that was a it was a crazy night. I remember hearing about that on the news the next day, and I was like, "What? Just crazy." Yeah, that's wild. That's a. I'm reading about it right now. Just kind of the situation that happened and. You know, and that night, uh, Daryl wasn't the only one that that was killed. They lost uh, a band band manager, and um, there was an audience member who was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it was rumored. It says that one crowd member left in front of the gunman, saving the lives of some of the band members. Um, yeah, drum technician was shot. Uh, it just a bad, bad night. And this guy did this because he thought Dimebag Daryl was the reason Pantera broke up. Man, listen, I just want you guys to know that um, that if, if the podcast ever goes south, there's no reason to kill anybody. 
So. Don't just don't do that. That's right. And I mean, to like, I mean, obviously, this isn't like a happy note. But to mm-hmm. end on a semi-happy note, um, Dimebag was buried in a Kiss coffin because he loved Kiss, mm. and all of his guitar heroes showed up. And um, Eddie Van Halen put the guitar from Van Halen to like the actual guitar that he played on, and that's on the album cover. He put it in the casket with Dimebag. Wow. And um, the, Pantera was a partying group, so everybody was putting Crown Royal in his coffin. And um, Zach Wilde actually said to um, his brother, Vinnie Paul, he was like, do you think this is going to be enough for for the trip upstairs? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much Crown Royal in here. <laughs> wow. And that and that doesn't help the pallbearers at all. That just weighs it down. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, and he's probably the most recent one on our list, isn't he? Yes. So, wow. Tragic, tragic. Yeah, that's that's just bad. Don't just putting this out there as Chris says in the chat. Don't don't murder. Um our next plane crash. Yep. Second plane crash on the list. Yep. Uh Randy Rhodes. Now he also guitarist? Yes. For Ozzy Osbourne back in the day. And uh let's listen to a little bit of him on the ironically chosen track by Kristen, You Can't Kill Rock and Roll. when I'm into a song. Um, I was going to say, I was like, I think Steve's into this one, guys. <laughs> but also, I wanted to get to, to the end of that course so you could hear a little bit of that, a little bit of the picking, a little bit of the guitar work there yep. um, by Randy Rhodes. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is I know Zach Wilde, um, did he play with Ozzy some in recent years? 
Yeah, Zach yeah, Wild okay. played after Randy. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, who Zach's a great guitarist as well, but Randy Rhodes died in a plane crash. And um, what was that about? Do you know? Um, so it was it was early, and most everybody was um, most everyone was sleeping on the tour bus, and I forget who I feel like it was like a tech guy or a man like someone on the crew also had a pilot's license and they were like hey let's take this plane up and you know they wanted to play a joke and they wanted to you know buzz the buses so you know they would freak everyone on the buses out and you know and they did it successfully twice and then on the third time around they clipped the bus and the plane crashed and no one survived mm. And um, when Ozzy heard that Randy, because Randy Rhodes really brought Ozzy back from that kind of like destitution of after Black Sabbath, how right. no one wanted anything to do with him because he had such that reputation of being horrible to work with. And he started working with Randy Rhodes and all of a sudden, like he went through this, you know, this rebirth, if you will, of just like being an artist and being a solo artist. And when he said, when he found out that Randy died, he was like, that's it. He's like, I, I can't, I cannot, I cannot do this without Randy. Like it was such an impact on everybody when mm -hmm. they found out that he died. Well, and he's got some iconic stuff that he did with Ozzy as well. And, uh, and, and can't be forgotten. And again, thanks for the ironic choice of songs there. No problem. I love that song, though. Yeah, it is a good song. It's a good song. <laughs> it, you know, Ozzy's another one of those that I always say this about myself. Growing up, you know, there were there were certain artists you were warned against. Um, Ozzy, after, you know, being with Black Sabbath, biting heads off of bats and chickens and whatever else he did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and all the dark imagery. When you start listening to him, you're like, he doesn't sound near as dark as he looks. Yep. And, and songs like this and... Um, uh, just you're like okay you know chilling it's good it's good good stuff so next Kristen, uh we get into some people that uh, pulling back the curtain here i just i had one name on my list that i that i came up with off the top of my head and then i got busy last week and never really sat down to kind of consider some other things and and i can't believe this wasn't one of the names on my list you 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 put together some other names you did all the work for this episode <laughs> um I'm just very morbid. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and this is the only time we'll get this group on with Kristen on as well, it seems like. Um and I'm gonna milk it. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> but John Bonham, drummer for Led Zeppelin. Now Led Zeppelin has legendary stories of their partying and the stuff that they did um back in the day. There's there's some shark story that may or may not be true all kinds of weird weird stuff um but uh but john bonham was their drummer and he is considered and i agree one of the greatest drummers of all time and uh a lot of people know i'm not going to play this whole thing but a lot of people know this uh intro in fact Kristen put this down uh, you know kind of they know this is just being an awesome intro and it's very john bonham heavy it's this one But uh, I told Kristen, I'm like, you know, there's a there's there's a song that better kind of shows off 
not only his ability to play the drums, but also if you listen to the bass in this. John Bonham was always said to have a very fast foot on that bass, and you can kind of hear some of that in this. This is off the album Coda by Led Zeppelin. It's called Bonzo's Mantro. So this is this is a, to me this is one of those songs that I'll just I'll honestly play driving down the road because of just how steady it is and how much he just maintains and just and just really jams out the whole time. You know, we, we were talking I think it was last episode or maybe it was Friday night on the Big Honkin Show. You asked me, are you just one of those guys that love guitarists? Mm-hmm. And you know, and I said, no, I appreciate it all. You know, uh, if if you've got a good drummer that can play well and and gets a good break here and, the, here and there, gets to have a good solo. I'm totally into it. Same thing with a good bass uh, line or a bass solo I love. Um, and Bonzo was no different. John Bonham was just, uh, he's hes fascinating. He was steady. He, he never, you know, I think the mark of a good drummer in a band is someone who, you know, drives that train with the rhythm. That's what the drum's there to do and never tries to show out too much. But when they get to show out, they can. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need Rush's, you know, 50,000 piece drum kit and and that sort of thing. Um, and John Bonham had that. Unfortunately, you know, it was the drugs. Um, he, he passed out, choked on his own vomit, which is nasty. Um, <laughs> That's a theme. It we is have a theme, theme yeah, on our thing theme. today. Um, but, uh, you know, and again, he's one of those things... Um, he's one of those guys he was a key component in the sound of zeppelin you know as much as jimmy page and robert plant and uh and john paul jones john bonham was too and it was really cool on i mentioned earlier when we were in the emails with Hart and everything on the kennedy center's honors when they received his son jason who yep. is actually touring or he was i don't know if he still is but he was touring a thing called the led zeppelin experience mm-hmm. um he came out and played drums on the final song uh, when they were doing Stairway. And uh, it was just, it, I get chills watching. It's just amazing. Um, but, yeah, so John Bonham, great drummer, bad drug user. Yep, he, an infamous, infamous partier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I, well, I feel like a lot of Led's up when stories like laid the groundwork for all those like stereotypical kind of Spinal Tap esque moments yes, where you're like, yeah. nope, every rock star's got to throw a TV out a window, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Led's up when. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks. Kristen hates you. Um, <laughs> moving but I on. I feel like when the levee breaks. Yes, yeah, I mean it is and I and I you know, it's worth playing, but like I say I feel like that one 
just really kind of highlights it's i mean it's his and i feel like it highlights him a little bit more and then someone's going to come along and say steve don't you know that that's not really him that was in honor of him <laughs> don't, probably rod don't no rod me. wouldn't know about led zeppelin that's right <laughs> <laughs> um Moving on to the next guy and someone, and what's interesting is some of these people we haven't really talked, you know, we haven't talked the doors. We haven't talked, um, Leonard Skinner. We haven't talked Pantera or Ozzy really. I think we played maybe one Ozzy song since we've been doing this show. Uh, and someone else we've not really talked is Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Your one name to the list. That's what, that was the one guy I thought of, you know, another member of the infamous 27 club. Yep. And uh, you've got here that he that he that he too choked on his own vomit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling you that I just last night was watching a Hendrix documentary, and uh, that's new on Netflix that has a lot of people that hung out with him and that sort of thing talking about him. And they talk about when he died that he overdosed on some sleeping pills while he was in England, and because you know, of course, it's people making excuses for him. It's, you know, anytime you've got someone that's a friend, they're going to try to make it sound better maybe than what it was, and so who knows. Um, but basically that was ultimately what caused him to, uh, to not be able to wake up was, was the sleeping pills he took were stronger than what they were used to over this way. And he'd been partying and stuff. So, um, so it all played in to this and, uh, and unfortunately he died. Now this guy though, um, was a genius. Yep. Revolutionized guitar. Yes. Uh, he... And, and, you know, and his dad, they have, they have interviews with his dad in this and, and other people. And they talk about, you know, a lot of times we, we listen to these rockers and you kind of think, well, they're just supernaturally talented. And there is some of that. But Hendrix, everyone that talked about him said from the time he got up, he would just have a guitar in his hand. You know, just walking around, picking on a guitar, playing. He never put it down. He always worked to make himself better. He always wanted to be a better guitarist. He always wanted to sound better. You know, and he's someone who he played uh, in bands with, like the Isley Brothers. You know, and he never got to really break out and do his thing until he got over to England. They, you know, he, he uh, one of the guys from the Animals actually saw him playing and and brought him to England and started to produce him a little bit, and um, and that's where he broke out. But uh, his his guitar skills, and two, he was left-handed. Yep. And being from, you know, just a kind of a poor family, they got him a guitar and he had to string it upside down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about someone who learned to play in a way that no one else has ever learned to play. I say no one else, but no one else has ever been successful the way he was playing the way he did. And uh, fascinating, just absolutely fascinating to watch him play to to see the things he would do and to and to hear him um you know maybe not the greatest vocalist ever but <laughs> and i'm not it's not dogging his vocals i'm just saying you know he it was what it was with Jimi hendrix but what really made him was his um his guitar playing so um when we come back i want you to tell us about foxy lady a little bit though Kristen. okay because you picked this song Foxy, 
Foxy Lady. Oh, yes. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear this song? Wayne's World. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Me too. I just think of Garth sitting there doing the thing with his little hands. <laughs> I'm doing the hand motion right now. Me too. I did too. Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great intro uh, music there. Uh, the just It's iconic. That's one of his iconic songs. He took... Um, all along the Watchtower, a Dylan cover, yep, and made it number one when his third album came out. Uh, it went to the top of the charts and it pulled his previous two albums back up in the top twenty. He had three albums on the top twenty at one time. That's so awesome. I mean, that's amazing. Why'd you pick Foxy Lady? Is it just because that's the only one you could really think of? No, I no. picked it because of the Wayne's World thing, because okay. I love that. And I always reference that you and I are kind of like, you know, Wayne and Garth. That's true. But um, I wanted to pick a song that was very, like, it was a quintessential Jimi Hendrix song, and yes. it summed up, like, what he sounds like, but it wasn't, you know, the All on the Watchtower or the Purple right, Haze. Right. Like, I wanted to pick one that was a little... Not that this is not like not that this is less known, but not like oh my god, I've heard that song seven hundred million times. Yes, I'm over it. Yes, <laughs> but that intro, like I love how like for me, Jimi Hendrix, all of his um, when whenever you hear him, and if I had to sum up like his guitar in a word, it always to me it's very heavy mm-hmm. and not like heavy in terms of like yeah metal, but like it's just a very rich, deep sounding guitar, and it's something that you know. People can try and, and be him, but they're never going to be him. Right. And then, you know, his stage antics of, you know, playing the guitar with its teeth yes. to putting the guitar on the floor and lighting it on fire and kind of doing like a little ceremony around mm-hmm. it. You know, like that's all stuff that laid the groundwork for all those artists that we love. And you can't you can't forget that. Well, you know, the, this group called The Who would come along later on that would mm-hmm. like smash their guitars and stuff. I don't know how much later, not much later. Or maybe, no. but he, uh, but he was doing that. He was one of the first people to do it. And someone in this, uh, in this documentary is talking about when they saw him, they were like, she was like, I was appalled, not because, not because of how he was sexualizing the equipment, but what he was doing to his guitar. He was just brutalizing it. And she's like, I couldn't believe that he was ruining this instrument this way. And- <laughs> well, I sit there and I think that too, like you look at Kiss who, you know, wrecked guitars every night in the who and you're just like oh my god like i think of like the kid that you know is saving up all his pennies to buy a guitar yeah yeah <laughs> just one guitar um talk about this next person because i'm gonna i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you go on this one i mean dylan was asking in the chat i mean what what kind of podcast would this be if we didn't talk about some steve clark from death leopard indeed um when I sent Steve my original five, I did not include it because I was like, you know, am I talking about Def Leppard too much? Am I showing them too much love? Am I predictable? So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to let Steve do it. So it can be like, no, Steve put that on there. Kristen did it. Steve That's did That's right. <laughs> but hey, Kristen put him on there now. Um, but I mean, Steve Clark, is he, it's, a, it's a very sad story. Like 
he came from a house like uh, Def Leppard is from Northern England and it's a very industrial town. It's like, you know, men are men and men work in the factory and go to the the pub afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, he he never had a good relationship with his dad. His dad basically always told him you're crap. You know, when Def Leppard was get, were getting all these great reviews of pyromania, um, what they did was, hey, here this is from your dad and his dad sent the worst the worst review that pyromania got wow to him and you know he never had that recognition or support from his dad yeah um and he was a partier so party 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 drugs 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 um after the hysteria tour when they were getting ready to do adrenalize def leppard basically said like hey you know what take six months Take it to do whatever you you need to do. Just get better. Mm-hmm. And six months never came. He ended up overdosing on alcohol and pain pills. Yeah, it's it's tragic. And those guys, Def Leppard was so young when they started out anyway. Yep. Um, and and it was it was almost a case of too much too soon mm-hmm. for them. Um, and you know, and it's just you just imagine this is one of those people. Jimi Hendrix is one of those guys, you know, as we just talked about, Jim Morrison even, one of those guys. These are guys who um, contributed so much, not just to the culture, or not just to the music, but to the culture. And you just imagine what kind of music would have been created by these guys if they'd have lived on. Yep. Um, And Steve Clark, just, he was a genius. He was a freaking genius when it came to guitar work. And so uh, this is White Lightning by Def Leppard featuring Steve on the guitar.
Come on, Steve. So good. Yeah. Yes. And White Lightning was a song that they wrote about Steve after he had died. So Steve's actually not playing on this song. Oh. But the interesting thing with this song is when they finished Adrenalize, they they decided that they were going to finish it as a four piece. So Phil sat down and tr- and was trying to play like Steve. And he was like, it was a very spiritual thing because I felt like Steve was with me in the room and helping me play to play like him because it sounds so much like Steve Clark. Playing. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Um, creepy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at the concert, uh, when they did Armageddon, it, uh-huh. you know, on the album, there's a part and I always say, I feel like he's talking to me. He was like, come on, Steve. Yep. Uh, when they hit that part, there was this one lady who was near us. She wasn't part of the group that was dancing up on me, but she was kind of near us and she would jump in and sing with us. And um, and she when he got to that point in the song, he just said, "Come on, get it again." Yep. Um, and she looked at me and was like, "Come on, Steve." I'm like, "How do you know my name?" <laughs> I love it. So, uh, we're actually I I want to mention these because we need to. We're not going to get to them to to play music by them and talk in depth. But you also we also had on this list Cliff Burton from Metallica. Who, mm-hmm. who died in a bus accident, and then Bon Scott, um, who I'd always heard choked on his own vomit. You'd heard alcohol poison, exhaust fumes. It's still a mystery. Uh, original lead singer for ACDC, um, which there's a creepy story from Back in Black about that that the guy won't tell. Yep. Um, and uh, I wish he would because it would... Well, I'm glad he doesn't because I'd probably never listen to them again um, <laughs> because it freaks me out. But... You know, one of the uh, one of the biggest names in rock and roll to ever come along, one of the greatest front men of all time, they say. Uh, <clears throat> incredible vocalist. We've talked about him before, of course. Uh, Freddie Mercury, Kristen. Yep. You cannot like you cannot think of a front man or you know great singers and not have Freddie Mercury on the list. Like he had crazy range. He he was just a showman and did it so effortlessly. Like they play like the the um concert of them at Wembley Stadium, it's like he's playing in front of three people. Like that audience is just in the palm of his hand. There will never, <laughs> ever, ever be anyone else like Freddie Mercury. Until, ever. Until freaking Pegasus hits the road. Well, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see about that. Well, I'm telling <laughs> you, you've never seen me on stage, Kristen. It's a it's a thing to behold. I have so. not. <laughs> This is, uh, fittingly enough, the show must go on.
so this was late in their career, right? This was late or late in his career, I should say. Because uh, yeah. this is from the 80s. Yeah, when when he recorded this song, he was crazily sick. He was very far along, and he came in with an oxygen tank and a wheelchair. Hmm. And Brian May said to him, he was like, Freddie, like, I don't know if you can sing this song. And Freddie said, F it, darling, give me a drink, I'll do it. <laughs> And he did this song in one take. Wow. So all the vocals from this were done in one take at like the height of his sickness. And, you know, obviously Freddie Mercury died from AIDS and he announced like he announced it in the paper. You know, I, I am dying of AIDS. I have AIDS. And less than 24 hours later, he was dead. Wow. It That's... was like it was this huge secret. Like everyone was like, he's sick. He look at him. He looks so different. Da 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 da, and then he puts it out there, and then the next day he was dead. Well, well, it's uh you know tragic, and unfortunately, uh, it was at a time when we didn't know much about that disease still, and it was not you know it, it, so much that wasn't known, and um, and just again, you know I, I want to. With all these guys, uh, with all these performers, I should say, um, to to an, to so much, just okay. Some plane crashes can't be helped. You know, you can't help someone killing you on stage. But when it comes to the drugs and and some of the things that come from lifestyle choices, you know, mm-hmm. how you live and how you don't protect yourself or. It's like it's it's a waste. It is a it, it is a waste of talent, you know. And and it's like you got to ask yourself: Do I want to be a legend, or do I want to um, have a legendary life? And uh, and and so it's just unfortunate that so many of these guys left us before their time. And you know, like someone like Freddie Mercury, just imagine if 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 he'd have been a little bit safer in his activities. Let's be honest. All right. <laughs> um, and. Or if the treatments that are available today were available then, yep. just what this man could have continued to do, you know. Um, and he's someone, you know, honestly, my friend Dave Jones from Market Loud gets really mad at me for the way that I talk about Kurt Cobain. You know, <laughs> I feel like, because I, I do, I, I feel like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana get a lot of love just based simply on the fact that he died young. Yep, and um, they never had the chance to suck. yeah. I, I look at people on this list, and Freddie Mercury is someone who established himself for several, several many years mm-hmm. uh, before you know before he he died. Um, and and all of these guys that we talk about had more impact, even those that died young, even the Jim Morrison, even the the Jimi Hendrix, that sort of thing. These these people all contributed in a huge, 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 major, big way. And I just look at those guys that died so young. And I just think, what a waste, you know, especially the ones that died young. What a waste. What a tragedy. Um, and how much more they could have given to the music community, to, to their fans. And, um, you know, if they could have beat their demons or not just given in to such a such a huge party lifestyle. And that is that is the tragedy of rock and roll. Yep. So, um, you know. All it, the temptation. Yeah. And so if we take away anything from this, I would say... Uh, let it be that, you know, your life has consequences. Your actions have consequences. 
And, you know, it's it's one thing to be a legend, but it's another thing to have a legendary life. And, you know, sorry to get all serious, but uh, <laughs> but it's but it's true. So, Kristen, uh, great work on this. Thank you so much for your for your contributions to this episode, because it was all you, my friend. No problem. Thank you for letting me do this rather morbid topic. <clears throat> well, it's been fun, though, because, you know, uh, in the words of Bob Seger, rock and roll never forgets. And nope. in the words of Freddie Mercury, the show must go on. And uh, in the in the words of Ozzy Osbourne, you can't can't kill rock and roll. So uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us who joined us live at Mixel.com slash Goalaverse. Uh, that's where you can join us whenever we go live. If you want to know what shows we're recording live, head over to GeekOutOnline.com. GeekOutOnline.com. And there you'll find every week a schedule for the show's That'll be recorded. Hey, we want to get over, way over that 100 likes on Facebook. So if you're so inclined, head over to facebook.com slash rockoutloudpodcast. Facebook.com slash rockoutloudpodcast. And join the discussion there. All kinds of stuff happening. Kristen's so good with the social media. And uh, and we always have a good time there on the Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at rockoutloudpod. At rockoutloudpod. Kristen is at Xboxing the Stars, and I'm at Steve Glosson. We'd love to have you follow us there on Twitter. We're now on iTunes. We got our iTunes feed. Finally, it took us years, it seemed like, but we finally got our feed. Uh, we've only got three customer reviews right now, and that kind of bums me out. So we'd love for you, if you'll take the time to go over to our iTunes page, just search Rock Out Loud. You'll see our logo. Rate us, review us, help us get the word about this show out, because we're having a great time, and we want more people to come on and have a great time with us there at iTunes. If you want to support this show and all the shows on the Goldiverse, you can go to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and do so. And if you want to do any of the other stuff with us, go to geekoutonline.com. There you can see where you can subscribe to the Goldiverse newsletter. You can buy a Geek Out Loud t-shirt and check out the wall of fame of those who have supported us on Patreon just by clicking on wall of fame. They're all superheroes. They all have superpowers. So check it out. And you can become a part of that by heading to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and supporting us. Kristen, once again, thanks so much. Thank you. It was so much fun. It always is. It always is. I'm looking forward to your experience, hearing about your experience with Kiss and Def Leppard coming up uh, in August. Yes, August 3rd, two weeks from today. All right. Looking forward to it. Are you excited yet? I'm dying. Okay. No, oh. I love them. Come on, man. <laughs> it's eight times. It's, it feels like the first. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on. Rock on, guys.